everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and uh, joining me for um, this episode, which um, some people probably think was futile or futile, depending on where you originate from, my dear friends, Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. Easy for me to say. How you fellas doing? Just great. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Apologies ahead of time. I've actually been sick this week, so, you know, yeah. I'll try and just, like, stay away from the mic as I'm clacking around my my Ricola, you know, cough drop and snorting away from the mic and, mm. you know, trying to get the coughs away from the mic. Man, why aren't you in sick bay, dude? I don't know, man. Guys could just keep... Yeah, I mean, you just keep wanting me to be here. I, I don't know. I just get all these text messages like, "Oh, hey, you know, oh, you're gonna be there. Oh, you should totally be here. Don't, don't leave. Don't go to sick bay. You can't take sick time on this station. <laughs> <laughs> no sick leave for you, dude. Why don't you go get like one of those like shuttlecraft or like mashed potatoes and whiskey and just call it a day or something? I, I, I've heard drinking while sick is not. It, it doesn't make it better. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, but you don't feel it. <laughs> I just want to be numb to this pain. <laughs> Boy. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, David's not feeling too well, so I'm sorry about that, bud. Hopefully it goes away very, very quickly. No, it's it's better. It's better now. I'm just really stuffy. Okay. All right. Tis the season, I suppose. Tis the season. I was sick, right? Chase, you probably got you got kids. You probably sickness goes around your household all the time. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> this is the cold that never ends. Yep. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, I feel like someone's always coming down with something in this house, and it's it's annoying to high heaven. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, gents. I mean, apart from like having a cold and the sniffles and the aches and the whatevers and stuff, like anything like fun happen? Like, y'all have a good Halloween, like with candy and stuff. Yeah, Jeez, we we. I'm not six anymore. <laughs> you cannot convince me otherwise. <laughs> wow, David, you could just you could just go dressed up. You could put on a sheet and be a ghost. And it's like I'm just a tall twelve year old. <laughs> Why are you dressed up, Dad? This is me ghosting you. Nice. <laughs> no, we we took we took uh, Raquel's nephews out trick or treating on Monday. It was fun. Nice. Yeah. They were they were some kind of pumpkin demon creature thing, hmm. um, Black Adam and Black Panther, oh, nice. and then the other one was a sheet ghost, right? Throw okay. the sheet over you, cut the eyes out, sheet ghost. Okay, okay, nice. We went to um, uh, my in-laws had a um, like a trunk or treat thing at their church, so we went there and it was it was really fun. Uh, we brought one of our, our uh, friends and their kid along with us. And um, uh, so both at that and then the next day for actual Halloween, uh, we dressed up as like the different like 
Spider-Man characters from Into the Spider-Verse. So, um, I don't know. Have either one of you seen that movie by chance? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I went as... cost me like 50 bucks to see it. What? <laughs> Here's a story here. Hold on to that. Hold on. Yeah, Hold on I will. Okay, what? But seriously, we're coming back to that. Um, I went as like the hobo Spider-Man. So Peter B. Parker, like with like the sweatpants and like the green coat and everything. Because he's got a little pudge. So I'm like, finally, I can be a superhero. <laughs> so I was that. Uh, my wife was uh, noir Spider-Man. So it's like, where's that wind coming from? Um, Nicholas Cage's. Yeah. Yeah. Ones. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And then um, my daughter was um, Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider, whatever it's called, depending on which Spider-Man show you're watching or comic book you're reading. And then my son, I mean, he was just dressed up in a Spider-Man little infant outfit, but um, for all intents and purposes, he was um, Peter Porker slash Spider-Pig. So um, it, it was great. We had, we had a fun time doing that. And um, yeah, there we go. So 50 bucks? For okay, so I, I misspoke. It was not Into the Spider-Verse. It was the No Way Home, the, the, no, the most recent okay. one. But anyway, so I had gotten a gift certificate uh, our last Christmas time from students. Like They gave you gifts. And one of them was for... Ten dollars to to AM to an AMC theaters, right? Okay. And so it's like, oh, I'll, I'll go use it to go see Spider Man, right? And so, but the ticket was like, because it was an IMAX, the ticket was like fifteen, sixteen bucks already, right? Mm-hmm. But the only AMC theater, the AMC theater that I went to was downtown by like the the Alamo Riverwalk area. And it doesn't have a parking lot, right? I, every business should have its own parking lot. And this really, oh, this really grinds my gears. Like, if you're going to this business, you park here. If you're going to this business, you park here. And paying for parking is the biggest scam in the entire world. And you cannot convince me otherwise. I freaking hate paying for parking. It's, it's a scam. Anyway, the big parking garage next to the AMC theater, I needed to pay for three hours worth of parking mm. to go see the Spider-Man movie, right? Because mm. it was already like, it was like two and a half hours long itself, right? And, you know, with getting in there and lining up and previews, you needed three hours. That's and right. it cost me $40 to park in that oh, parking lot oh for three oh. hours. Oh, Yeah, that's bad. Plus oh. the extra, like, you know, the the... The gift card was only for ten, so I had to pay for the the extra that the ticket was over the gift card and forty dollars for parking. So I basically spent fifty dollars to see that movie. Lord have mercy. Rough. Yeah. I hope you liked it. <laughs> was it worth forty five fifty dollars? No. But was it a good movie? Yeah. Wow. I thought Tobey Maguire was really good. I enjoyed his performance the best out of all wait, of what? them. What? Wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah. Totally and everyone was, rave, everyone was raving about Andrew Garfield's performance, which was good. But, man, Tobey Maguire is the old season part one who just, like, he's seen it all. He's been through all the highs and the lows and everything. He just he nailed that. Especially because how much he did not care in Spider-Man 3, like, at all, for him to come back and just crush 
this role, that role in Spider-Man: No Way Home. It was really, it was really cool. Yeah, I saw it. Right? Were you choosing to ignore it? <laughs> I was telling my story. I was hoping I'd distract you like a little bit. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Anything else you want to add, David? No. Okay, cool. Welcome to the show. This is your red alert as we go into spoilerific territory to talk about the latest episode, Star Trek Prodigy Season 1, Episode 12, Let Sleeping Borg Fly. We got a Borg episode, gentlemen. We Discussion do. is futile. Like, <clears throat> the Borg, right? The Borg. The Borg. Everybody, everybody's got to do the Borg, don't they? That's, like, that's true. Just, I mean, it's Janeway, so like we got to do the Borg, of course, right? Yes. Because no one does the Borg like Janeway. No one understands them like Janeway. No one's fought them like Janeway. No one's defeated them like Janeway. It's also close to Halloween. I just, Spooky. Like, like, I've said this before, and I don't know if I should save this for the end of this discussion or not, but, like, the more you defeat the Borg, the less scary they become. Right? Yeah, I guess. I have questions about something that happens in this episode that I might need you fellas to... Um, unpack for me. Is it about tea? Mm-mm. You want to talk about tea? You want, you want to spill some tea? Oh my god. <laughs> Ca- or tea. Black. <laughs> the, look <laughs> her, the look on her face. <laughs> like, the, like, the ultimate look of disappointment. <laughs> tea. Black. Well, hopefully she wasn't getting off coffee because of the caffeine because tea also has caffeine. Not all of it, but most of it does. What? <laughs> what? <sighs> all right. Well, let's let's get after it. Okay. So in the start of this episode, we have uh, basically some kind of flashback like we're led to believe but as this scene continues, um, it's actually like a holodeck uh, recreation of, of something that happened um, between the Diviner and Gwen um, at some point, uh, which I believe was also in the Moral Star episode, uh, the end of season 1A, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they're, the, the crew is just trying to understand like what this weapon is like this like very menacing message like it is a weapon my progeny type of thing that like we're constantly being um smattered with over and over and over again and um we eventually stop and um like it's zero saying sorry gotta gotta turn this off don't wanna don't wanna harm anyone again like zero is just so hung up on like what happened to Gwen and probably rightfully so 
Um, yeah. I have some questions. So does the holodeck have an auto record setting? Because that would on the that would bar does that would suck, right? Because what does the holodeck get used for? What do we know it gets used for? Oh. Oh my. No, not, not that kind of thing. Whoa. This and is, like, and like anybody can just play back like what I was doing in the holodeck. Worf, ca- Worf, calisthenics program. <laughs> <laughs> or Barkley program six alpha. <laughs> like anybody can just play, play back an auto recording of what was going on in there. Like, Okay, okay. Maybe the maybe the protostar has it and it's special. But why do we not think to do this before? Right? How long has it been since the end of the end of a moral star, right? And we never thought, hey, maybe we just play back the holodeck recording to help Gwyn. Well, was it that or, or was it taken from her memory? That's well, possible. I mean if you are recalling a memory chances are it's not going to be exactly what happened chase can speak more to that as the as the the mind doctor right but like but like it was a perfect recreation of what happened mm-hmm. and like you're just not going to do that from your memory no no in fact i just did a little um little mind doctor reaction you ready for this here we go <laughs> Yeah, beaming in right now. So, Moral Star, um, we know that at least one of the star dates was 61103.1, which um, in normal people talk, that is January 19th, 2385. Um, and last week we had a star date of 61209.5, which is about two and a half months later for March 2nd. So, we're talking two and a half months of, since the things happened of either you know no it's, that's a month and a half the middle of january sorry, to the beginning sorry, of right. March. sorry yeah month and a half sorry not two and a half math i don't math is not my specialty i'm not a math doctor like eric i'm a mind doctor okay um, <laughs> um i don't know where i was going with that but anyways a month, month and a half it's, it's been a month and a half um basically um by the time this happens and we'll, we'll get to like what today's star date is because there's been a little bit of time jump that's happened by the time we get to the next star date more on that later that's what eric called a tease <clears throat> okay but like this just seems like in a month and a half why no one no one thought to try this maybe it's just been like survival recharging the protostar from like all the jumpage that's been happening they've been doing goodwill missions to these planets they've been busy doing pseudo first contact stuff you know i don't know man i don't know i don't know i just maybe i'm nitpicking here but like you know so what what do we do it's it's hide and go it's hide and go peak at this point we're um you know we need to go we're trying to find this thing so we're like scanning the ship and it's nowhere to be found. And Jankum is like on the floor, you know, 
looking at stuff and scanning stuff for life forms, those precious little life forms. Where are you? And there's this like glyph basically that we find, which matches what Gwen's little uh, diviner lightsaber doohickey thing. What do we call that? Like, what do we, do we have a name for that yet? Yeah, she called it something. I can't remember what it was. I don't, I know we're bad truckies. It's fine. I know she called it something. We find it. There's apparently a there's a super secret club below deck, the lower decks. That's where we're going. We're going to the lower decks. That's where this thing that looks oddly like control. By the way, did anyone think like, what if this is like control making like another appearance or trying to make another appearance? Chase, banish that thought. <laughs> banish it to oblivion. Banished like <laughs> to oblivion. But seriously, like the ship is from the future, and we know that's where control went. Or we went to the control future. went. This Sorry. the 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 Vaunicott future is fifty years into the future from where we are now. It it's not nine hundred years into the future. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's all wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Well, at one point, dude, like, not only is it 50 years in the future, but like, there was like some weird like star date stuff, which was like, what do we say it was? Like, 300 years at one point, I think was one of the star dates. Yeah. It was like several hundred years that we ta- we addressed at one point, right? Eric doesn't like me right now. I said the c word it's called her it's called her heirloom that's just what she calls it okay her heirloom her lightsaber her glyphy her, her glyph jewelry got it cool they can make keys man just secret keys that's right skeleton keys not a very secure lock Mm-mm. <laughs> and, and i was under the impression that this weapon was was like software not hardware But no, it's a, it's an actual floaty eye-looking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay. So we, we find it, right? We, we go to the lower decks, like this secret thing right beneath the bridge. And that's where this thing is. And we're like trying to figure out obviously like how do we shut the thing off right like that's the whole point because of what happened last week um at the the relay station and um anyway um jankum in his uh, i don't know uh, brilliance decides let's shoot it <laughs> that sounds about right like you're right below the bridge gang I mean, like I mean... You know, Klingons would shoot it too, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to remember these are kids, Chase. I know they're kids, Eric. <laughs> Just kids man, with phasers. They don't always think correctly. They don't always make well-informed decisions, as we'll see later in, like, two minutes, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, they did beam a piece of pie around the ship. You know, just to see how it works. So, 
Nothing wrong with pie, right? Pie is life. Pie is long. Pie is irrational, my dude. It is. And yeah, it's it, okay. So we we can't apparently we're, we can't shut it off at this point. And uh, like, well, let's just get the heck out of Dodge. Like, let's we got to figure out what we can do with it. And um, anyway, on our way out, we uh, we come across some some other ship, and uh, turns out it's the Borg. We got some Borg, Barbie oh, Borg here. I would have never shit. guessed. Really? Never. Huh. There was no indication. None at None. all. Complete surprise. None at Eric's all. Eric's face is just—it's just so shocked. It. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Jane, uh, hollow Janeway, starts to freak out a, a wee bit. Like we need to get the heck out of Dodge, gang. Rightfully so. Um, and they—they, they, I think I feel like they took like one little snippet, wildly out of context, about like. Like you, like rendering weapons like useless, right? Like, well, yeah, because like one, they can adapt, obviously, but like thinking that they can just, you know, that the Borg are gonna have like the answers to all like, the things. Yeah, like oh, we'll just go in there, we'll find the information. Yeah, because right. the Borg just know how to do this right away. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's where like their immaturity and their their young brains are not working here and they we have to remember that it's like they don't make good decisions Mm -mm. just a question here yeah and this is like hyper realism so like i mean these these kids are pretty smart in their own way they're like prodigies or something yeah something like that but let's just say this group of kids on a hyper technological ship mm-hmm. just encounter the Borg. Like, I, I think I think we can all agree that they're just all assimilated at this point. Like, if they weren't the main character of a show, am I alone in thinking that? Like, no, you're not wrong, David. Okay. But the thing is, the <laughs> Borg ship was dormant, right? It yeah. was alone and it was dormant. Right, which is why they were not instantly assimilated. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this episode needed like Benny Hill music throughout it, you know. <laughs> just <laughs> I hear it in my head now. And I'm not mad about it. So, yeah, over the objections of your advisor, hey, we're going to go on to a Borg cube. Uh, and all, even though Matt Janeway told us, don't mess with these guys. Nah, we can do it. We, we're, there's no danger to us. We'll just slip in there. We'll find the information and we'll come home. They won't even know we're there. And we're going to land our ship, our super advanced yeah. ship, inside of the Borg cube. Not gonna try to beam over there or take a shuttle pod. Nah, I'm just gonna land our super advanced ship right inside a board cube. Yep. Because that go. makes sense. Yeah, but okay, but I mean, we know 
right? Like we know as the audience, like how menacing the Borg can be and like what they're capable of. I mean, like to the, the, the protostar crew and even to like the kiddos that are watching this for the first time, they don't know. They don't, yeah, but, they don't but, know how, how menacing the Borg can Hologram be. trainer Janeway said, let me tell you all of the information. Exhibit one, Wolf 359. <laughs> Exhibit yeah. two, Battle of Sector 001. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I mean, those are, oh, unless, un, no, Picard takes place after this, doesn't it? Shoot, I was going to say, unless this is the change Borg from, from, from Gerardi, Queen Gerardi, but I mean, that, hap- that happened. Technically, no, but technically, she went back in time. Yeah. No, the, uh, turn back time. Yeah, I just brought up time travel. Uh, but right, isn't, let me give you all of the information, isn't it? Exhibit one, Wolf 359. Exhibit two, Battle of Sector 001, where one yeah. board cube decimates an entire fleet of ships. Yes. Oh, dang. Maybe we shouldn't go inside of there and the the other the other thing too that i i don't know if i'm annoyed about it but i might get there and and it's also kind of at least in the past couple episodes been downplayed a little bit is the fact that you have this experimental seemingly one-of-a-kind protostar drive and we're making really no attempt and I guess it's just kind of as you were putting maybe they just don't know which is also kind of weird like you've never heard of the Borg before but say you don't you're you're flying this into I mean they would love to get their hands on this I would assume even with you know some of their technology it's still unique And, and, and also even then when we interact with the Borg hive mind I don't think they ever bring up the, the proto drive. I mean, they just they just bring up this weapon, and that's what they want. And it kind of seems like in the beginning, that's all we were talking about was the proto drive. It's so unique, but like now, it's not. Hmm. I mean, it's a good point. Yeah. What was there? Was there an actual reason given for why they didn't beam onto the cube? Because I missed it if there was. <laughs> Those emitters are still down, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, engineer. Come on. Yeah, but we go over there. We got to find a vinculum because they know the word vinculum, right? I, I don't know what a vinculum is. What's a vinculum? Well, we, we've talked about Borg vinculums before oh, in Star Trek. It's a fancy word, though. I know, but I'm pretty sure. I know we've talked about Borg vinculums. <laughs> We the more you stay in, the dirtier it sounds, Eric. True. <laughs> anyway, True. we got to find one. We got to find one. We find a station where we're going to plug ourselves into the hive mind. And because Zero's a Medusin and Medusins have a hive mind, that Zero's, makes... Zero's going in. Yeah. There's nothing to worry about here, folks. Mm-hmm. And as he goes in, he makes contact with the hive mind. And I don't know whatever you're doing over there. The Borg are waking up. Could have saw that coming, right? Should have saw. Should have saw that coming. 
quick quick thought here uh, as well, maybe nitpicky. But one of the things that is scary about the Borg to me is that the fact that they can turn you themselves with their little slippy outy tentacle things, right? True story. So I'm sitting here watching. Don't let them touch you. Oh, they touched you. Well, don't let them touch you again. So they have to take them back to a table with spinny drills in order to assimilate them. They they can't just inject them with the nano pro, uh, na- you know, nanobot like I, they normally do. I thought that too. It's like because eventually we wake up the Borg, right? Yeah. And they start attacking, and Dal shoots them. Well, these guys aren't that tough. Oh, second shot doesn't work. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> now we're in a firefight with wep- useless weapons, right? And then, you know, Gwyn gets separated from the group. Ah, go, Gwyn. Save Zero. Get out of here. I, at that point, you would think normally, if these were not our main characters, if these were, like, our engineering red shirts from, from Star Trek First Contact, assimilated right there yeah. on the spot, not drag back to a table like and i was thinking this like why didn't why would they not just assimilate them right on the catwalk yeah gwen gwen does have a little uh bat left she makes a bat left with her little i don't know liquid weapon her heirloom her heirloom i don't want to call it that i don't like that name (laughs) sounds like a tomato i keep thinking heirloom tomato i just think it's something you get from your grandma yeah, that's something that's passed down. That's why it's okay. called an heirloom, because her father gave it to her. Her faja. Her father gave her it to faja. her. Your father. Father. Okay. Um, so this is the part that I need... I, I have questions about. So the, the things are getting activated, and... Zero is in this like nether world of the Borg. <clears throat> and like I don't know if I don't know if it was just just me, but like the way that that shot looked, it reminded me so much of how um like the V'ger stuff looked in the motion picture. Um like with like the folding and the the smushing, you know what I'm talking about? Like how that shot Anyways, um, so the hive of the Borg is communicating with the hive of, uh, I, I guess, Zero. Um, I know that Zero is like plugged in, but gang, how do you assimilate um, a gas? Um, I mean... You just corrupt its mind. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I how does the that. gas? How does the gas step into a Borg alcove and connect with the hive mind? Well, because it had its its like exoskeleton, right? Like it had its like little like mech warrior looking suit thing. That's how. I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny, but like seriously, like it had an interface to connect to. Okay. But like, even like connecting to the interface, though, like it's gas, gaseous, gaseous, true gaseous. state. What? Gaseous. 
gaseous. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's gaseous state, like its true state, is there in like the netherworld of the Borg, and I know it's like this in between limbo kind of thing, but like it's not real. I mean, it's real, but it's not real. And like we have like these like Doc Ock tentacles that are coming to smush it and to assimilate it in this like in between loading screen of the matrix to somehow make it like a, a Borg zero, you know, on the outside. Yeah. And it has like new Borg parts on it too. Cause I don't think that spinny saw thing drill thing was there originally. No, no. no. Here's another thought that I just had. <clears throat> so when the Borg do their whole assimilation speech, they will add your biological and technological uniqueness to our own or whatever it is, right? Well, zero is not technically biological. It's a gash gas. It's a sentient gas. So why would they even want it? I'm just saying, like, how would you, you talk about how would you assimilate it? The knowledge that it has in its mind. Yeah, but I mean, half of it is mushing the biological with the with the technological you can't really do that with zero there's no i mean i, I again i mean you're talking more chemistry here <laughs> we're gonna mesh your chemistry with our with our yeah. tech and yeah. how would you even how would you even uh turn it are you gonna swirl some nanobots and it's gaseous little that's, thing i think that's what chase is talking about how yeah. do you do this and this brings me to my next point of, of nitpickage-ness. So, the, the, we, we, we seemingly assimilate zero. Okay, whatever. Um, we have this really fancy ship, um, just a little ways down the catwalk, right? And, uh, not only can it go fast, but we can go real fast because it's got a star up inside it. So, guys, if we can assimilate a, 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 gas now um why don't why can't the borg just assimilate like a star themselves and have like super duper speed like the protostar if this is possible now we can harness the power of a a gas giant basically and, and that can be a new form of of um of travel for us is you this know, opening that... i mean like i'm asking like, a serious question like is this opening up a pandora's box for for the Borg and just like the future of, of what might be happening in Star Trek as a result of this episode. Yeah, but it's like the Borg didn't even seem to care about the Protostar. And that's like kind of what David was talking about. The Borg, oh, a weapon. We're not going to shut it down. We'll just assimilate the weapon and we'll use that. Like, and they didn't even care about the ship. Yep. It, it which is weird. Be, which is very weird because like, you know, we saw in... Um, what was that? Um, was it Q who? I think, I think, it, no, not, not Q. Sorry. Um, oh, now I'm getting my episodes mixed up. Oh, friggin' a, um, where the Borg cube, like they basically, they cut out like a section of the enterprise and beam it out. So like, they obviously are interested in like ship technology, if not just to be, you know, menacing, but yeah, the Protostar is seem at this like as far as we know, the most advanced ship in the fleet at this time. So why wouldn't they 
want to have keep a keen eye on the protostar and do some stuff with it especially if it's a federation starfleet decimating weapon a living construct is what they call it i mean you make yeah. good points yeah <sighs> okay it just seems like they focused on the wrong thing because uh, I, in my opinion i think that the point of this episode was to get zero over the fact that she in quotations hurt gwen <clears throat> and also lost her cool and made her father insane <laughs> you know what i mean so i think it's more about that than it feels like they didn't really think about all the other possibilities it's like yes you can run a singular storyline but you could also tack on the other things that are very important or that you've built up to be important about the show which well, is the protostar how how, well, how how much of that is based on the fact that this is a, a show that's ostensibly aimed at children and and you can't throw a lot of things into a show for a child's mind or a younger person's mind because they can't they can't focus on enough things they can't they can't think about enough things at one time you just have to try to say this is this is what we want you to take from this episode this is the important thing this is the one thing yeah but is that is that that much though is that that much to think about i don't know i don't have kids don't yeah know. it's like have we <laughs> well no i mean this is like a legitimate thing have we lowered our expectations of kids that much to where it has to be this one singular point i mean i just i'm i'm just only speaking for myself that when i was a kid i watched a lot of very complicated stuff because that's what me and my dad did I, I never really thought much about it now the truth of the matter is is you're right i didn't assimilate everything that was going down but i caught bits and parts and a little bit learn a little bit more learn a little bit more i i just i you're right though in that maybe they're just trying to aim it at a young audience that can, maybe they think can only Mm -hmm. see so much but at the same token mm -hmm. why not push them a little little further like push them down a little further a little harder you know it's like hey here are just a few things mm -hmm. well i also think that by the time you get to the end and like we're having our, our group huddle at the end it's a very oversimplified message at the end it's like we were able to defeat them because we're our own collective and yeah. and and we're five minds are better than one right and it's like we work together and teamwork was what got us through this situation i think it's like a really oversimplified message i i also want to further <laughs> nitpick and this this goes back to something that was said at the beginning when you continue to defeat the borg does it make them less scary the fact of the matter is, is that whenever we went up against the Borg, even though we've defeated them, you still take losses and you still pay a heavy toll like Picard's um, rehab mm -hmm. as seen in the the next generation was particularly tough when he went back to his brother's house and, you know, they went through all that stuff and it was, you know, short in the scope of a standard television episode. But you saw that you, you, you see the recovery that is entailed of, of coming out of being a Borg. But in this, we just have Zero, who's just effectively, she turns green, or they turn green, and then they're back to uh, their original color. So it's like, 
is there nothing more that we're going to do with that at all or and that that i think is what sort of makes them less scary because now you're showing that eh, i beat him with the power yeah. of our friendship well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the same that, that's the same problem and i think the same nitpick or a very similar nitpick that we had when it came to um detmer's um issue oh, that she yeah. had and what was that season three i believe of um, of discovery yeah, her, her ptsd yeah uh, with her ptsd and like the like crashing the ship and like you know and just all the like just being rattled and basically her you know getting in like in and han soloing it around there and like getting her mojo back i mean like it's not that simple i mean like for television i guess it has to be but when you're doing long form serialized storytelling I mean, in theory, you have plenty of runway to unpack that over at least two episodes, maybe three episodes. Um, and yeah, like just the fact that like we were able to leave the Matrix loading screen and go from green back to multicolor uh, MacBook screensaver colors. I mean, great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, but like the idea of the trauma of of being with like associated with the Borg, I think we've we've like kind of left that behind a long time ago. I mean, like Egypt, like like this is a great person to explore trauma of the Borg, but I really don't think we did with with Egypt's care. Like his literally his family used him as a weapon purposely getting him assimilated but i think he was like fine and well adjusted after it it didn't really like there was no big issue and like like and listen i hate this episode um the unimatrix zero episode from from voyager i know like some people like it if you like it like love it if you like it like it i don't i don't like it but like janeway's plan was literally to get assimilated on purpose right that was her plan so as like, and then everyone was fine afterwards because they had a neuroblocker that could stop them from being put into the hive mind. And like, at the end of the episode, hey, we're fine. No trauma from purposely being assimilated. So like, I know Star Trek Picard tried to do some trauma from the Borg, and I think it was actually pretty effective in you know for what it was doing. But I, I feel like we've left some trauma that idea of trauma behind in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Hmm. Well, we um we we get back to the ship and we zip on out. Zippity doo dah on out. Fly on out of there, yep. And you know, the like I don't I don't think we mentioned this, but I feel like I wanna mention how do we talk zero back, right? Gwyn is like what you did you didn't hurt me, but what you did was an act of love, right? And, like, I think that's, I don't know, that's something more that she says I can't remember. But basically, basically, you know, you didn't hurt me. You were trying to help me. And and I'll never I'll never forget that, right? Your act of love there. And that's yeah. what brings Zero back. I'm pretty sure we I all, mean, that's like an oversimplified, just... that's an oversimplified message yeah. aimed at kids right there. Yeah, I was just about to say, I'm pretty sure we all destroyed that whole ending with Zero and, you know, just... I remember that conversation. I, I didn't too much 
enjoy that that's the way they went with that but I don't know it was yeah. an act of love yeah seemed like not so much love was going on there when you decided to make a make a you know a guy just insane and possibly kill him mm-hmm. from one look at you <laughs> so so speaking of the insane piece um, this is something I want to come back to because like in the moment when um, when Zero goes like Super Saiyan and like you know does their like little like Care Bear like shiny thing um, so is that hap- where's that happening is that happening in the netherworld whatever we're calling it or is that happening in the real world or is it happening simultaneously well I mean we see like the actual like purple shockwave knock all the board drones out in the real world and this is where I have a problem yeah, yeah. this is where I have a problem because of what we saw in a moral star part two specifically specifically does the proto star crew have some men in black special ray-bans that they put on prior to this happening because why didn't the rest of the crew go insane and have a similar experience that just happened in the season 1a finale well i don't think it was the same thing happening i think this was like zero inside the board cube inside the Borg hive mind collective vinculum like sending out the kill switch I don't know if it was a kill switch because to me like the way the sleep switch the way that 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 scene came across and I'm I'm open to hearing what you guys thought about this but to me it was like her or them you know shedding their 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 suit so to speak and showing their true form and that that translated both their and the other place and that's why everyone was knocked out oh i didn't i didn't take it that way i took it as like sent zero sent out some command well maybe it would have been more poignant chase if they would have played twilight time (laughs) that's for our other podcast (laughs) from the episode kill switch not the x-files Coming fall is 2024. That, Twilight Twilight Time is the song by the Moody Blues off of their yeah. seminal album Days of Future Past. No, no, no oh. one, no one, no. Bueller, no one knows the Moody Blues. You no, know who no, the no. Moody Blues are? Yeah, I know who the Moody Blues are, but it was also <laughs> played in the X Files episode, which is better. It's better than your Moody Blues trivia. Oh. <laughs> so we've we can't get we, we, we've okay so it's it's basically the end of the episode we realize we can't go back to Starfleet or anything with Starfleet stuff because Construct's gonna make things go haywire right, so it's not that we can't like, go now we can't it's not that we can't go it's just that we can't go now until we like figure out how to shut it down basically and they're like Dal but they know who you are it's like so what maybe it'll take a little bit longer mm-hmm the thing that like made this kind of annoying like to watch is that we had like a tease like we had a trailer that said we can't let the living contract come in contact with with the starfleet vessel so like obviously we didn't see this person with an eye patch in this episode that was in the trailer so 
there was like really like nothing to like worry about because like nothing's going to happen to this living construct in this episode because that snippet of the trailer was released when it was yeah sometimes trailers do that yeah yeah so like we already knew what the thing was called before it was ever identified as the living construct thanks yeah that happens sometimes all right well what one quick little thing i noticed it last week and i forgot to bring it up but i want to bring it up now so do either of you or maybe i'm just nuts or whatever but when you were watching you know like in quotations real janeway like that section of the episode did you think that the animation went down a little bit because i know I, I thought it looked a little off when we were doing the holodeck chakotay janeway and then in this when we kind of were just right on janeway and watching her mouth move it just looked uh, like less polished than what we what i feel i've been used to with our like sort of main cast here and it could just be me but i didn't think the animation looked as good i i didn't pay attention I don't think I noticed it as much with Janeway as much as I did with um, our Tellarite Doctor and the Diviner more than anything okay. else. Yeah, um, but yeah, like something did seem a little off there on um, like with like the Dauntless crew and like taking care of of the Diviner. Something seemed a little weird looking. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't, I if you didn't notice, so much the better. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that though, right? I mean, very briefly. Very I mean, briefly. Like, very briefly. Yeah, so like the way the episode ended last time, we find the diviner floating in some kind of stasis. Let's get him because that seems like a smart idea because we're Starfleet. Well, yeah, he looks like a victim. Yeah, man. Um, you don't know. He's in some kind of goop suit. Let's take it off of him and give him some of our Starfleet IV fluids and see what happens. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, cool. but that's not working. And Dr. Noam, he's very. Very like aggressive here. Chasing Alexander for the win. Yeah, he's like I don't even know what species is. I keep talking you know, like he's very aggressive, and I mean, I guess if he's if he's is he a Tellarite? Yes. Well, then why doesn't he look the same as Jankum? I don't know, bro. You can't have two different looking Tellarites in the same TV show. That's like having Kling Orcs and Klingons in the same show. <laughs> you can't do that. Hey, hey. You be nice to my California raising Klingons, bro. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, anyway, let's give him his little like fluid goop back, right? Yeah, give him a scuba suit. Let's make him scuba suit again. Him. That'll help him. Yeah. Ooh. All right, Ensign. Good job. Keep Man, it up. I wish we I might just butt like you do. <laughs> what was that about? Goodness. Um, yeah, so all that's going on. You know, Janeway's still trying to figure out where Chicote went. Yep, and, and they, they fly to the relay station. And it's it's all exploded, gang. And Janeway comes to the brilliant realization. Chakotay would never do this. He must not be in command anymore. <laughs> Duh. <Yeah. laughs> Thanks, homie. 
have to assume though that when we continue here they're going to pick up that junior lieutenant right I mean, we, we will see him again right probably I was like last week not 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 gonna see him again but yeah <laughs> I think we're probably gonna see him again I just floating oh. on space waiting for a tractor beam also just just little tiny thing so the what was the Janeway ship's uh, Dauntless? Dauntless, yeah. They're tracking proto jumps, right? Yeah. Did they proto jump to that relay station? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, how did they know to go to that relay station? Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. So, um, we get a little admiral's log here at the end and it's um start date 61284.3 anyone want to take a, a wild guess when that is in 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 real real person calendar so we'll say 61284.3 yeah and last week was 61209 yeah can't be that much later then you wanna you wanna bet? I mean, what is it like May? In, in, like April fifteenth, tax day? <laughs> I don't know how. What is it? I don't April first. April first. Okay, so it's like a month. A month later. Huh. Hmm. That's really weird because it seems like this episode takes place immediately after the last one. Mm-hmm. True story. We have some weird wibbly-wobbly stuff going on, y'all. Yeah we, yeah, we do. Can we stop that? Can we write a strongly worded letter asking them to stop that? Commander, That that sounds right in your wheelhouse. Get after it. Math doctor. Okay. Oh, that's a strongly worded letter. Don't write a letter. Send a text message. Is what this is saying. No, I was watching White Chicks. I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> strongly. Don't write a letter. Don't write a letter. Anyway, yeah. So April first is when that start. What that start date translates to by our calendar. That's so. interesting. So I think we need to definitely start tracking um, star dates um, just because this show has proven that it likes to um, do things with star dates and um, have people be none the wiser about it. Going from like five digits to six, but pre-decimal. So, and then back to five. Yeah, then back to five. So, all right. That, I mean, that's it. I mean, it? any anything else that anyone needs to get off their chest? Nope. All right. Let's evaluate this stuff. So um, start with the Delta, looking at the different divisions of Starfleet Service, Command, um, Operations, and Science. What are we thinking about this? Hmm? What are you thinking, Eric? pretty bad command right not listening to your your advisor trainee you know teacher like especially when i'm assuming 
let me give you a briefing on everything you need to know was probably pretty like heavy handed and don't do this right we're like no we can do anything but that's really bad command really bad decision making to put your to put your crew in this and at the end it doesn't seem like anybody has any blame because i think they all wanted to do this so i mean do we do we put all that blame on dal for making this decision because it seems like everybody was in agreement on it i don't know but at the end of the day he he gets to make the call and he probably not probably he should have said this is not worth it so i I, i'm just i'm like and i get he's a kid and he's learning but i i can't give him command for this like at all um science like are we are we sciencing our way in by zero linking up with the collective are are, are we doing is that science I, i don't know is that operations is it some kind of engineering i don't know I'm not going to give any del- any deltas to this episode. None. Which I think is a first, like, in the 12 episodes that we've had of this show so far. I think that's a first. Okay. What about you? David? Oh, is, you got to say my name, man. It's just like, I mean, there could be a fourth person here, and I wouldn't know. <laughs> um. Hey, Tom, <laughs> shut up. David's talking. <laughs> zero deltas like the 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 decisions that were made in this were ridiculous that there i mean yeah we take risks sure we we definitely take risks but those are done by trained starfleet officers with an experienced captain normally most of the time the command was terrible you, you would have never put your your crew in this if you would have actually listened to hologram Janeway. That's it's a little nutty. And as far as like operations, this is where like I would start getting into negative deltas for some mm. of the stuff that I, I think it was Eric who was specifically talking about a little bit. Like you landed your ship in this thing. Like you you're not. I mean, do we not have a shuttlecraft? Do we not have transporters? Like, there are a million and one ways you could do this. And I'll also say this, too, for the end of the episode. I believe that we could dream up ways to contact Starfleet without engaging this weapon. So, and we're not, we're not thinking, we're not thinking about it. And that's all the, that's all the engineering and, and the, the, uh, the operational aspect of it. And we're not doing that. We're we're literally up. Oh, we're just going to take distress calls. We're monster of the week, which I'm not upset about because I like my monster of the week stuff. But it's like you could think your way around this. I guarantee you could, and come up with a very clever solution that would appeal to kids or whatever. But we're not doing that. So no operations and science. I mean, we solved our problem by just talking about our collective and our love and everything. Sounds very, which is uh, fair. It's fair enough, but we didn't actually have like a viable scientific style solution to this. So yeah, just no deltas. It, it's that's a hard no, unfortunately, for this week. 
Um, It would, it would be a, a stretch, since it's not Starfleet or anything. But I mean, if we were giving like Borg deltas, I mean, maybe for, like, being able to assimilate a gas, that's kind of cool. Um, cool man, you can touch a gas with your mechanical appendages and get after it sweet doesn't count <laughs> doesn't count so um I don't know like it would maybe be a stretch like with Dal saying get out of here make sure that the mission happens or whatever like get back to the ship but even then like if you listen to your advisor you probably wouldn't be in the the situation that you're in right now so uh i don't know like i, I want to give something but i don't so i don't know i'm torn but I'll, I'll i'll i'm leaning more towards no like like you fellas so that's it shall we move on to the numerical rating for this episode okay good talk let's do it all right, so um, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a dumpster fire and 10 being absolutely amazing. David, how do you rate this episode? Okay, so I would say that, like, this episode kind of feels a lot like, uh, what was our Living Planet episode called? Oh, there are two episodes on Living Planet. What yeah, was that called? Uh, Terra Ter- terror firma and uh dream catcher yep okay it kind of felt a little bit like that but not as not as clever and it's in its way um you know I, I think we we took a little bit of a step back developmentally for for the characters because we we've we've seen these these uh these main folks here make some really good decisions we've had science episodes we've had operations episodes we've had command growth and it just it, it kind of feels a little bit like a, a regression in, in character growth for me and it you know feels like hey uh you know halloween's kind of close to this let's make it a sort of a spooky episode and then we'll throw in forgiveness for for zero so okay Oh yeah, let's let's do it. Um, but the the more the more we nitpick the episode, it, it starts to drop off little little tenths of points uh, for me and so forth. You know, another thing that happened that there was no explanation for and no furtherance is the fact that Murph seemed sick when he was on the holodeck. Nothing, nothing for it and he seemingly looks fine like at the end of the episode so and and i and i do i am really tired of jenkin pog like i'm really tired of that character because even in this we have him like accidentally uh cutting a cable on this bridge you know his little torch hand so 
I, I mean, I, I think maybe I'm, I'm overthinking it from like an adult mind and so forth, and maybe just wanting it to be a little bit more, a little bit more, um, just more, just more interesting, more layered. And the reason I want that is because it has been that way. It's been that way. True story. It's kind of like we just took an episode off. Um, and the, and that's that was kind of a bit mad. Now, when I watched it first time, I didn't hate it. I, I didn't dislike the episode at all. You know, it was, it was fine. But, you know, we, we've we've rated some stuff really, really high in this season. Me literally giving the highest score that anybody's ever given any episode of any of the stuff we reviewed. And even last week's episode, we were all in the, the eight scale. So while while I think the episode was was fine, it's not a dumpster fire. It, it's got some decent components here. There, there's still a little too much we were like really really fast and loose with. And while I understand why that happened, being more of a kids show, it diminished it a little bit for me. And I think it's time to unfortunately. <laughs> Just slide the peg down. Just so we're not knocking the peg down. We're just sliding it down a little bit and saying, "This one hit missed the mark for me." So, I, I, I'm I'm a little torn on the score, and I think it's one that I might like revisit later when we start to do like retrospectives and stuff. Uh, it kind of hurts because like six point nine. Okay. Eric, what are you thinking, bud? I mean, I think I think a lot of what I want to say is kind of going to echo what David said. Like, for a show ostensibly aimed at children and made for children, it has been wise beyond its years, right? I mean, it's tackled some complicated issues. It's done them really effectively. It's delivered on, like, the premise of what Star Trek is, like at its core and it's done it incredibly well and so when you see a show do that and then you see this episode which just like was to me it was like so dumbed down and and i don't know if like i want it that's like being too harsh because when you make something ostensibly for children it has to be simpler but it hasn't been simple up until now and this was just so simple and so like one-dimensional in a sense and it, it did it missed the mark like i can see what you're trying to do but to me it just missed the mark completely and and i don't know what to think of it i mean because i hope this is not the quality of the show we're gonna get moving forward because that would be extremely disappointing because we've been like we've been this show has been up a notch from where i ever expected it to be i never expected this show to be as good as it has been i mean this might be the quality that i expected from this show like in the beginning and so i think because it's been so much better this is just really disappointing to me um and then like this is the worst episode of this show like by far but like it's not a dumpster fire as david said it's totally not a dumpster fire but like it's not good it's not good um 
and rating it is hard like david said he's like i don't know we're giving us a number but like i i think i came in with a number and i think it my number might actually be lower now than what i came in with after like hearing us talk about it i think that's happened a few times in a different show um that i don't really care for um all that much um (laughs) 6.5 whoa 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 okay 6.5 okay so this is the part where I'm supposed to say great and wise things about this episode and like balance the average out or something. Is that is that, is that right? That's that's my that's what I do, right? Yeah, yes. Basically. <laughs> um God almighty. Okay. So I've said my piece about this um like throughout the episode already and I think you know, looking at the ratings that we um, we gave the first part of the season, the first ten episodes of the season, um, we do have some sevens in there, right? Like there, there's a range of sevens in there. Um, like we have, like Eric, for instance, that gave Terror Firma, which was part two of like Murder Planet, um, a seven, which up to this point I think was the lowest rating that he had given. Um, an episode and for you too looking at the rating yeah and I, I gave it a seven also yeah um, and then I think the lowest that David gave just quickly glancing prior to this episode was um, the premiere with lost and found one and two um, with a 7.6 um, still still a very good score in the grand scheme of things but that was the lowest up to this point um I don't mind the Borg, but there are there are questions I think that like how much is too much with um with the Borg like if, if you're not a Doctor Who fan, like you probably won't understand or appreciate this, but like you know the Daleks, like the little like pepper pots like with a plunger and a whisk looking thing um they were like the big bads forever and a day on doctor who and now i mean i mean they are contractually obligated is my understanding to make at least one appearance in each season of doctor who and at this point it's like well what for right like we've told so many stories of the daleks like are they really menacing or have they like become more comical than anything else now i'm not saying that the borg are comical but are we at this point like contractually obligated at in this era of trek to incorporate the borg at least once per series or or something like that because it just seems like they are like this is like becoming a contractually obligated thing like the Borg had to make an appearance for the sake of making an appearance rather than to advance the story of the overall 24th and 25th century of Star Trek as we know it up to this point and the space that it occupies 
Um, you know, as, as much um, of a hard time as I gave it, I mean, I do think it is kind of neat that you can assimilate a gas. That's cool, I guess. Um, but I feel like that's almost like jumping the shark, too. I mean, and yes, I realize this is like speculative fiction. I realize this is like science fiction for crying out loud. Um, but the thing about Star Trek is there's always been um, some grounding in actual science. It's been aspirational in terms of like um, the content that's been created within Star Trek to get people to figure out how to make science fiction, science fact, so to speak, and like get people to go into like STEM fields as a result. And now we're just kind of, uh, and I realize I'm kind of like crapping all over this episode right now, but like we're just doing things because why not? Um, we, we need to fill the half hour or whatever. Um, this hasn't, I enjoyed the episode, but it definitely wasn't a favorite. Um, one thing that, that, um, I meant to say that I didn't was more or less of a question, but like, you know, the episode is called let sleeping Borg lie, which could be, you know, let him sleep. But there's also could be like a lying, an actual like lying as in not telling the truth aspect to it like you know is there are they not being completely honest about like the living construct and what they know about it versus what they don't know about it type of thing so maybe there's that too maybe they'll come back and bite us in the butt a little bit later on um i came into an i came into the show with a particular number and i think i'm i too am I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I want to bring it down or not. Um, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I came into this episode thinking that this was like probably a seven, but the more that we've talked about it collectively as our own collective, right? Um, I think bringing it down to like a six point like eight is probably more my speed of like where I'm really hanging out now after all, all has been said and done with this episode. So yeah, I'm going with, with a six, eight on this. Yeah. So we're all in the same area, general yeah. area. Yeah. Yep. So there we have it. Means that what our overall rating is a six point seven three, or just call it a six point seven for this for the average for this week. So, you know, I'm going to ask the question, but um, what's IMDb and other places looking like right now? Well, here's the thing with IMDb and the Borg. The Borg people. Let me let me break things down for you with the Borg in IMDb, right? Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Q who? Right. Really good episode, isn't it? Sure. Right? Q Q is a good episode. I mean, it's not a top ten episode. Maybe it's maybe it's like a, toward the bottom of the ten, top ten, right, <laughs> of the next generation. It's a good episode. Um, 
8.9. And that, that feels a little high to me, honestly. 8.9 for that. Okay? Best of both worlds. Okay. No qualms about this. You know, 9.3, 9.2. That might be a little low, actually, honestly. Um, what else? I Borg, which is, a, in my opinion, a far superior episode than Q Who, right? In my opinion. 8.8. That feels low. And then, and then you get Descent, right? Descent, which I... Honestly, whatever, it's fine, right? Descent is fine, right? 8.1, 7.7. That's, that's fine, right? So, all pretty high-rated episodes, don't you think? Yes. I think there's one Borg episode in Star Trek Enterprise, right? Regeneration. That's an 8.5. That's pretty high. I don't know if that episode's really that good. I mean, it's decent. I don't know if it's an 8.5. Um, let's go to Voyager. Let me go to Voyager. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna break this down for you. Scorpion, 8.9, 8.9. That's pretty decent, right? Uh, Dark Frontier. There's another big Borg episode. Um, 8.5. That. Feels per- that feels right. Um, God damn, do I hate the episode of Unimatrix Zero. 7.9. 7.9, 7.9. That feels high to me. And then Endgame. Obviously, Endgame has a really high rating as well, right? Endgame is an 8.5, which is way too high for the episode Endgame, right? Oh, my God. That's way too high. Where am I going with this? All the Borg episodes are really highly rated on IMDb because it's the Borg and people just love the Borg. And anytime the Borg show up, your average Joe Schmo person on the street loves that and rates it super high. This episode, this episode right now on IMDb, I know it's just the day it aired, is an 8.6. Wow. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. The same rating as last week's episode, which is an 8.6, which collectively are the two highest rated episodes on IMDb for this show. Hmm. Interesting. Like, people come out for the Borg, they vote for the Borg, and they vote high. I guess so. Yeah, they, they vote early and often, right? They vote early, they vote often, they vote high. Awesome, yeah. And we rated we rated um, Asylum. What was that? An eight? Just rounding up to an eight point one, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. And here we are giving Let Sleeping Borg Lie a six point seven, compared to the eight point. What do you say? Six? Eight point six? Wow! 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 Okay. Well, we'll be back for episode three next time. Um, but. I guess before we get out of here, do you want to talk about the most important part of the show? Yes. Okay, let's talk about the Twitter poll. Twitter poll. Twitter poll. I want to get one of these right. I haven't got. I don't feel like I've got one right in a while. <laughs> Tonight might be your your chance, my dude. All right. Might be your chance. Here we go. Okay. 
So the important uh, question that was thrown out to the Twitterverse, the Star Trek Twitterverse, was this. Of the following, what is your favorite Borg story? Of the following, what is your favorite... Of the following, what is your favorite Borg story? The uh, the choices were Regeneration from Enterprise, I Excretus from Lower Decks, Scorpion from Voyager, and Picard Season 2. Oh, boy. <laughs> of those choices, okay, okay. All right. Well, I, let me. So we got. Read them again to me. Regeneration from Enterprise. Regen- Scorpion from Voyager. Mm-hmm. I excretus from Lower Decks. And Picard season two. Just Picard season two. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, All of it. It's one story. It's serialized, baby. It's got to be Scorpion. Scorpion's got to be the winner for this. Like. I, I mean, I said this one time. If you ask Joe Schmo, casual Star Trek fan, what's the best episode of Star Trek Voyager? I'm not going to say more than 50% would say, but I think a plurality would Ooh, say it's... it's word. Yeah, a plurality would say it's Scorpion okay. as the best episode of Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> so goosebumps. I'm just going to go with that. I got goosebumps. You're saying plurality. Ooh. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a majority, it's a plurality. I love it. You and your smarticles, look at you go. All right, David, what, what's your vote, bro? I mean, while Eric is probably correct, I'm just going to show some love to Enterprise. Regeneration, huh? Just, yeah, Enterprise love. All right, all right. All right, well, with that, gang, let's go to the results, shall we? Coming in in last place, this is going to be an upset for some people. I excrete us from lower decks. Zero percent of the vote. Oh, the crowd's going wild. Uh, they're riot. They're rioting. What? How no one voted for I excrement. The humanity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming in in third place with eighteen point two percent of the vote. Picard season two. Okay. All right. Ooh. So one of you is correct in your choice at this point. Then, by the way, that feels like the correct three and four. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A whole season beat one episode. Got it. Cool. A whole season beat half an episode, essentially. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Because if you you think about it. That's true. That's true. That's true. All right. This one was a, I think this one was a real nail biter when it came to like the, the percentage breakdown, by the way. With 36.4% of the vote. Regeneration, which means Scorpion won with 45.5% of the vote. Wow. That's pretty close. Yeah, that's the right choice. It's the right choice. Yeah. I mean, like I said, if you ask. You know, casual fan on the street. What's the best episode of Star Trek Voyager? More people are going to say Scorpion than anything else, mm-hmm. and I, I would disagree with that. But like, we can talk about that another day. Sure, sure. All right, all right. 
Well, that's the show, folks. That's it. We're done. And um, hopefully, you know, this is just like a like an oops the daisies kind of thing, you know. Oops the daisies. Oopsie daisies. Aki daki. Hopefully, it's it's uh, not. I hope I hope this is just the mathematically perfect redemption type of episode for this part of the season and that we can just put it behind us and just keep enjoying the amazingness that is project because like let, let, let's be honest like this is an amazing show like we're getting some great content out of this i mean that's the th- great thing about like you know contained stories like this is that you can have like a a dud, like a dud and keep moving and not be an issue so you can have a dud not followed up with three other duds right after it or a whole season of it what that what it's fine it's fine it's fine (laughs) (laughs) all right everyone what do you think of the episode did you like it you love it uh we'd love to hear from you uh check us out trtvpod.com you can also uh send us an email uh share your thoughts there even um ideas for future show uh you can also tell us about your your star trek story how'd you get into star trek um, is Star Trek Prodigy um, the first Star Trek show that you've ever watched? And, and has it gotten you, um, you know, interested in watching the stuff that came before it, like original series or animated series or Next Gen or Voyager even? Uh, we'd love to hear that too. Uh, make sure you enter in coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com um, to let us know that. You can also send us a voice-only transmission with the same stuff if you want to as well um, to 817-752-4757. There's a three-minute limit, so just keep that in mind. Um, as you share that information with us. Finally, if you do want to um, mail us something, we'd love that. Uh, make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station PO Box 2455 Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so. Bye.